0: to be praying in Christ Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen, now I'm going to tell you, Now that's the kind of songs we're going to be singing in heaven. Those kind of songs make you ready for heaven, won't they? silence killing y'all. I know it is. It's unintentional. get stuck somewhere for going back and forth to Sunday school and everything I think I left them on my desk. I'm sorry. I do apologize. I've been in your pastor for 14 years. How many messages have I preached in that time? I think this is only the second time that this has happened. Of course, it's like twice in two weeks, but no cause for alarm. No cause for alarm. Two weeks in a row does not mean anything. Uh, I'm not losing it. No, I haven't lost it. I might be losing it. We're going to be in the book of Galatians today, chapter 5. So you can go ahead and turn there. It is uh, a special week this week, right? I mean, we have a special day coming up. What? Who knows what's special about this week? Thank you. Thank you. It's the 4th of July where we celebrate Independence Day. Thank you, son. Did you look at the date? You did. Awesome, son. Thank you so dependable. Okay, so it's Thursday, it's the 4th of July, we celebrate Independence Day. Now now what's so great about that though? I mean, doesn't everybody, everywhere in the world celebrate Independence Day? You see, it's a holiday that is special to us. It represents the end of this nation, or fledgling nation, or a nation about to be birthed, being ruled over by a monarch, it represents the, the birth of a nation that, whereby we gained our independence from the King of England, so that we no longer be subjects to the King. It's a great time. It is a, it is a great memory. It is a great celebration. It is, it is a celebration of freedom. Now, I don't say this morning, I'm greatly concerned that some of our generations fail to understand the concept of freedom. Some of our generations do not understand that freedom really isn't free. Before there was a writing of the Constitution, there had to be a battle that earned the opportunity for us to govern ourselves. It was the war of independence. The price of freedom began being paid with the war of independence and has continued to be paid through history. Not only did we have to fight a war to gain our independence from a king, we've had to fight wars to to maintain our independence. Not from a king, but from, uh, say, a dictator-like Germany's dictator in World War II, Adolf Hitler. And so freedom isn't free. Freedom comes at a great price, and freedom is not something to be taken for granted. I'm afraid that many in our society do not understand this concept. They don't understand what freedom really is. You know, our Constitution gives us some rights as citizens. And the main thing that we have going for us as citizens of the United States of America is that we agree, at least in theory, we should agree that every man, woman, boy, and girl, are created equally. that each one has a right to the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness. You see, the reality is no one can guarantee you happiness. No one can guarantee you life. Liberty, well, it's a very difficult thing to hold on to. And in a few short couple of hundred years, couple hundred plus years, liberty is being eroded in this country at an alarming rate. But people turn to the government, provide happiness. People turn to the government to provide them with the the life that they want, to guarantee to them nothing bad is going to happen to them. I could leave here today, walk in a service station to pay for gas, and while I'm in that service station, be shot and killed by someone robbing that store. My family could raise cane and sue the store and sue law enforcement, sue the city, sue the state, sue whoever, because I was not protected. This is a growing theme in our society, that somehow we're going to provide for everybody a guarantee that nothing bad is going to happen. You see, friend, we can't have enough police officers to be everywhere all the time to make sure nothing bad like that is going to happen to any of us. It happens. I'm just really concerned as we look at the celebration of the founding of this nation, our independence and all that it implies and all that it means that we're a nation who really is losing what was given to us without even recognizing And I know some of you agree with me on that. Some of you may not see it yet, may not have recognized it, but probably everyone here does to some extent. And so I want to pick up the subject of freedom this morning. It seems like a timely uh, Sunday for talking about freedom and what freedom is. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. We're going to read... Just two verses. It's from Galatians chapter 5. It's verses 1 and verse 13. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh but through love, serve one another. Father, we pray in Jesus' precious name, you speak to our hearts. We thank you for this country that we live in, and we thank you, Father, for the freedom that we have. Even as much as we've lost some of our liberties and some of our freedoms, we remain the most free nation in the world. And for that, we're grateful. We pray for our nation. We pray for our leaders. We pray, Lord, for Republicans and Democrats and independents on the federal level, on the state level, the local level, be they elected, be they appointed, be they career uh, uh, employees. God, we pray for our police officers. We pray for our military. We pray for all who are involved in guarding and protecting what was given to us from our founding fathers, the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness. And may we guard that. May we be aware of what's happening in our society, in our country, what our politicians are doing, and and, uh, what the government is doing, and may we hold them accountable where necessary. May we pray for them diligently and support them as we should when possible. But most of all, Father, we thank you today for the freedom that we have in Jesus. And no matter if we had not gained our independence from England, no matter if we're uh, someday in the future uh, made into subjects of some other nation, we have this truth, and I pray, God, we guard it diligently that Jesus has set us free, really, truly free. And So I pray this morning, Lord, your your word would go out and touch hearts, and Lord, that we will draw near to you, become more like Christ than we've ever been, be thankful for what's been given to us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Please be seated. So I'm not a historian, and I didn't give you a full rundown on Independence Day and all that it means, and and how it happened, and so forth. Didn't do a bunch of names from history and dates and what have you. But hopefully, I captured a, a quick summary of kind of what it is. And I want to use this opportunity to talk about freedom that. Really, is freedom what real freedom looks like? What true freedom looks like? Because I'm going to tell you, I do believe we have more freedom than we've than anybody else in the world. But I'm going to tell you something: we don't have complete freedom. We don't have complete freedom. Does anybody now? Does anybody disagree with that? There are restrictions on our freedoms. All right, some restrictions are necessary. I don't want to be in a movie theater that's crowded and have someone stand up and holler fire when there's not a fire. I don't want to have to trample anybody. I don't want to have to knock a hole in a wall somewhere that, that movie theater would have to repair. I mean I don't want to do anything like I, I don't want somebody yelling fire and I don't and, you know I don't want to have to do that unless it's necessary. So there's a restriction on my first amendment, right? Part of it is self imposed, but also you could be you can be fined if you go in a movie theater or somewhere where there's a lot of people and you do something like that. It's illegal. Is that not a restriction on your freedom? Of course it is, but it's a necessary restriction. Now I won't get into all the conspiracy things that we might get into about the unnecessary restrictions. We'll leave that for another day. We might leave that for a conversation uh, at a restaurant when we're talking all things politics or whatever. But we're free, but we're not completely free. There are restrictions on our freedoms. I want to talk today about true freedom of a freedom that has no restrictions, freedom that uh, is, is not limited in any sense of the word. I want to make just a couple of statements to you this morning. I told our deacons this morning, I think we set a modern record last week for how early we got out. They said, yeah, we observed that some of the folks were so used to it being another 15 or 20 minutes, they didn't know to get up. And we were having telling everybody, hey, it's over, it's over. Well, I told them this morning, I said, we might break that record. Only got two things to say. First is this. Freedom is a choice you make. True freedom, real freedom. Real, unhindered, unrestricted freedom is a choice you make. Now, the freedom that we have in our nation as citizens that I've already said is is, uh, in ways restricted isn't a choice that you make. It is a choice made for you. You may have a hand in some of the some of the choosing through who you vote for and if you can get persons in office that represent what your choices are, then you might say you have a choice in the decisions made and, and in the, the restrictions on your freedom and what have you. But at the same time, I mean, has anybody ever voted for someone that didn't win? Therefore, your person that you felt aligned with the choices you would make if you had the opportunity uh, wasn't in office and wasn't th- and the person who was, you didn't see out they weren't making the choices you would make. And those people passed laws, regulations. And so our freedom as citizens is restricted, and it's not really a choice that you have any part of. But true freedom, real freedom, freedom I want to talk about this morning, freedom that the Bible gives to us, that Jesus Christ gives to us, is a true freedom, it's unrestricted, and you have a choice in it. I'll tell you something I'm thankful for this morning. When we're talking about freedom, I'm thankful for free will. I'm thankful that God gave us the freedom to choose. And we're talking about that this morning. I'm so thankful for the freedom that is mine in Christ and the freedom to choose that freedom. So notice this passage of scripture. He says in verse 5, after saying that free, you know it was for freedom that Christ set us free, we'll come back to that. He says, Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Now what he's saying is this, let's take it and just kind of apply it in our lives don't don't become once again a slave I've never been a slave with all the talk in modern politics and particularly on the federal level of, of um, matters related to, to slavery in our past I want to say to you this morning, not one single person here has ever been a slave in that sense. No person here has ever been a slave in, this, in the sense in which it's being talked about, politi- talked about politically on a federal level. But I want to tell you this, every single person in this room, every single person here has been a slave in the past in a different sense. not have been enslaved to another person, which I've already said you have never been, a person who kept you with chains on your feet and made you work uh, very hard for long hours with no pay and very little uh, sustenance to keep you going, and you were really abused and misused, and as slaves often are, and by the way, I just want to say, I'm going to step out A little bit politically, and say this: just so you, I mean, slavery has been happening since the beginning of time, and still happens today. It needs to be wiped, wiped out, wiped away everywhere in the world. But it still is happening today. What a shame! But thank God in this country it was dealt with. We don't have that going on. But yet every man, every woman, boy and girl in this country, as well as in around the whole world, have been slaves in their lives. In a different sense. Notice what he says. Standing firm, do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. The people he's talking to here are people who have known what it is to be in slavery, and the yoke is that which binds you in that slavery. A yoke is an instrument that is used to put on uh, draft animals. We call them oxen. We might call them, if there are certain types of horses, uh, like Clydesdales are known as draft animals, but a yoke would be put on two animals so that they have to pull in the same direction. A yoke binds two people together or two animals together. And what he's saying is this, don't be bound as a slave as if, a, if, you, as if you had chains on your feet or a yoke on your neck or whatever. Don't be bound as a slave again. In the context of this passage of Scripture, what he was talking about was slavery to the idea, if you continue on reading, and you read prior and afterwards, what you'll discover is those who were were promoting the idea of righteousness with God through effort, through your own efforts, being right with God, keeping certain feasts, doing certain uh, things and 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 earning God's favor and God's righteousness being righteous with him based on your efforts what you do and specifically in this passage he's dealing with circumcision and so there were those who were saying if you're not circumcised then uh, as a male then you with God, and he is pointing out to them, no, Christ did away with those types of things. He fulfilled all that. He would later go on to explain it, what's necessary today is a circumcision of the heart. Can I explain something to you this morning? You can make an effort to be right with God, and your heart never be changed. If if you think and you subscribe to the idea that somehow you can earn God's favor and earn righteousness by your efforts and what you do, you can seek to accomplish that without ever really having a changed heart. But what has to happen is you have to have your heart changed. You've got to have a new heart, if you will. So he would speak about the circumcision of the heart. In other words, your heart has been pricked. It's been made to bleed over what? Over your sin. And so he's speaking about those who, who do not want to acknowledge sin being that which separates us, who want to come to God on their own terms. And he's saying you cannot do that. And so what he's saying then is this, throw off that yoke of slavery, that, that slavery to that idea that is taught that somehow you can do enough things to make God happy with you that he'll accept you into his kingdom when the time comes. Throw that yoke off. Notice he says I'm going to read a few more verses just to make this point. He says I say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will, not, uh, Christ will be of no benefit to you. If you pursue this idea that you can do something in your flesh or whatever, you think that's going to make you right with God, then you don't need Christ. He says, and I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. So if that's how you're going to pursue God, then you're going to be responsible for never breaking and violating the law of God because once you've broken it, it's over. And the law was given just to show us that. I can go through the Ten Commandments and have you raise your hand and not one person will be left at the end if they're honest, who won't have to have said at some point in time, I've, I've, "I have violated that one." I can pretty much get everybody within two or three of the Ten Commandments, and so we know we can't, we can't keep that because we have already violated that. So that's his point. He says, you have been severed from Christ, you who are seeking to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. You see, friend, it's not what I do that commends me to God. It's what He's done that commends me to Him. You see, I was a slave, as were you, a slave to the idea of trying to somehow work my way into heaven. Somehow I'm going to be good enough. I was a slave to to the flesh and the desires of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. I'm a slave to those things, and I could not break out of that yoke. I could not break out of those chains of slavery, and yet I still continue to try to make it work and try to get God's favor by being good enough. Here's the danger for a lot of people when they come to realize they can't be good enough. Now they think they're too bad. To which Adrian Rogers would say, There's nobody so bad they can't be saved and nobody so good they don't need to be saved. We're all slaves of sin and there's nothing that we can do about that and we will not be saved based on our own merits But God in grace has saved me, set me free. So it's not my efforts that break the yoke. It's not anything I can do that breaks that yoke to slavery. It's the grace of God is what he says. It's by God's grace that that yoke is broken. Let me give you some scripture to support this. John chapter 17. John chapter 7 and verse 17. Here's Jesus speaking, and he says, This, if anyone is willing to do his will, that would be the will of God, he will know of the teaching, whether it is of God or whether I speak from myself. What does that have to do with what I'm saying? I told you that freedom is a choice you make, and Jesus says, If anyone is willing to do his will, demonstrating that you have a choice in the matter. You don't have to choose to to do the will of God. You don't have to choose to know God. You don't have to choose Jesus Christ. You don't have to choose freedom. You can live, if you would like, under the illusion that you're totally free as an American citizen and stay a slave to sin until the day you die. It's your choice, Freedom is a choice you make. True freedom, real freedom, life giving, life changing freedom is a choice that you make. And Jesus says if anyone is willing to do God's will, then he will know of, his, of the teaching. Let me take you to another passage of Scripture. This one from the Old Testament is from Joshua. In Joshua chapter 24. Joshua makes this statement in verse 15, speaking to the people. He says, if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua tells them, choose, make a choice. And I'm expressing to you this morning that freedom, real freedom, true freedom is a choice that you make. Well, you're not convinced, I can see. So I'm going to read another verse of scripture. It's from Deuteronomy 29, and it's actually two verses. Deuteronomy 29, verse uh, 19 and 20. No, it's Deuteronomy 30, 19 and 20. He says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants, by loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice and by holding fast to him, for this is your life and the length of your days, that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. Here again. He expresses this truth. It's a choice that you make as to whether or not you will live in freedom. Choose today whether or not you will serve him. Choose today whether or not you will obey him. Choose today whether or not you will walk with him. Freedom, real freedom, life-giving freedom, the freedom that Jesus came to give us is received by a choice. So he says, Stand firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Don't yield yourself back to that. It's the idea of this, having understood and known that you were a slave and then after having received freedom, choosing to go back into slavery. It's doubtful that anybody would do that, anyone who is in their right mind. And so he says don't. Don't do that. Don't, don't subject yourself again to being a slave. Now, not only is freedom a choice that you make, but it's Jesus and not the government that can set us free. Now, I've already touched on this. Jesus, not the government that can set us free. I am going to say something kind of Call it um. What is it when people um, conspiracy theory? Okay, I'm just it's a small one, so don't don't trip out. By the way, I know. Forget that. When this nation was founded, it was a There was was a desire, an attempt made, victory gained, and won to separate from England, right? Did you realize that at that time, England controlled most of the known world? At that time, England was what you would have called a superpower. They dominated everything. They controlled all the shipping lanes. and I mean, they controlled everything. And here's a bunch of ragtag farmers who decided they wanted to no longer be under the thumb of the king of England, and they decided it was enough for them, that they desired enough to go to war over it. Nobody at that time in their right mind would have ever believed it could have happened. How could any colony or group of colonies separate from the king of England? But it happened, didn't it? We celebrate that. Thursday, who's having ribs? How did ribs come? Who's having? But, man, somebody better be grilling some ribs. Thank you, brother. What time are we eating? (laughs) You fell into that one, didn't you? Whatever time I get there with the ribs, huh? Nobody would have, would have dreamed that that could have happened. Now here's the conspiracy thing. Are we guaranteed are we guaranteed because we're the superpower, that we also can't fall? Think of Rome, controlled the whole world. Where is it today? So I'm just making a point that your freedom that is from the government is not guaranteed. I'm sharing with you this morning a freedom that nobody will ever be able to take from you. It's a freedom that comes from Jesus Christ. And it is not based on whether or not politicians want to do this or do that and take this and take that or give and give, whatever. It's offered by Jesus to those who own, who will choose to receive it. Jesus, not the government, can set us free. Notice verse 5 again. Verse 1, uh, he says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Jesus is the one who has set us free. And he would say in verse 13, You've been called to freedom. Jesus came and He paid the price that you and I might be able to be free. And then He offered that freedom to us. He called us to come and be free. And it's a choice that He has given to you to choose whether or not you long would want to be free. And so it's Jesus and not the government that sets us free. Let me read again from Mark chapter 8, and verse 34. Let me read again another verse to support this. Listen to this. Jesus speaking says, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Again, do you wish to be free? Do you cho- will you choose to be free? Anyone who wishes to come after Jesus, knowing that Jesus is the one who can set you free, This verse says that all you have to do is have that desire if you wish to be free. Let me read another verse. This comes from the back of the Bible in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. As Jesus is speaking to Laodicea, that church that was putrid, they were lukewarm. And he says, I'm spitting you out of my mouth because of it. Here's what he says to them in verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. Now you recognize that language. The door's closed, and someone's standing there knocking, and you have a choice That's to whether or not you'll open the door. Now you know what I'm talking about. You're sitting in your recliner, and you've got a door you can see through. It's got glass in it, and you see Somebody walk up there, and you can tell it's a little girl with Girl Scout cookies, and you're thinking, "Wow, some Girl Scout cookies would be good." And she knocks on the door. You jump up, run up there, and open the door because you wanted to talk to this girl, maybe get some Girl Scout cookies. You're sitting in your chair. You you see the the, the pizza delivery guy knock on the door. You've ordered a pizza. Like, wow, that's the pizza guy. Let me get it. You jump, open the door. You're sitting there chowing down on your pizza. All of a sudden. There's another knock at the door. You look out there and guy's holding a bunch of encyclopedias. You go, I ain't going to the door. I ain't opening the door for no encyclopedia salesman. I get all that free online. And so you don't go to the door. See, you open the door for who you want to. It's a choice you make. You choose to open the door. And Jesus said, said, he said, I'm knocking. That's up to you whether or not you're going to let me in. Freedom, real Freedom can only come from Jesus, and he's telling you to choose. It's your decision to make. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55, verses 6 and 7. Say, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord and he will have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Choose to seek God, to come after God, to accept Christ as your Savior. Seek the Lord while he may be found. There's a real danger in the minds of men and women, boys and girls like you and I. There's a real dangerous thought in our minds. You know what that thought is? Oh, I've got time. I've got time. You know, I, I'll do it one day. One day I'll, I'll probably pray and ask Christ to forgive me of my sins and come into my life and receive the, 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 the grace and the freedom that he offers me and the salvation that's available to me if I just would choose him. I, I'll do that one day. Just not right now. Earlier this week, my nephew's daughter, she's my great niece, I guess, was in her car driving to school, either school or work, you know where I'm going, right, early 20s, got her whole life ahead of her, I wonder what she was thinking. Planning her day, what she's gonna do later, what she's gonna do tomorrow, next week. Maybe she maybe she had a big water trip planned. Like we've got for Tuesday. Going to the big water. Gonna put Liz in a little canoe and push her out. See how far she makes it and then before we go get her whatever. Just having some fun. Who knows what's going through this girl's mind? Runs off the road, hits a culvert. Life flighted to Tallahassee. I'm thankful to be able to say she's recovering. But you know what? Just like that. Just like that. One second. Oh, I got time. Oh, I'll do it later. And the next second, no more opportunity. No more chance. He says, and rightly so, seek the Lord while he may be found. And then I'm going to end it with this. From the book of Romans. As I stress one more time to you, That Jesus, not the government, can set you free. And that freedom is a choice you will make. I read from Romans chapter 10 verse 9. that says this. If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For with the heart a person believes resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Are you free today, friend? I mean, do you are you really, truly free? Have you ever asked Jesus Christ to Forgive your sins and come into your life to break that yoke, that yoke of bondage. Whereby you're trying to be good and you're trying to do what's right and you're trying to get God to approve of you. But realizing you keep failing and keep coming up short because you just can't do it. That is a bondage that you'll never break out of until you say yes to Jesus and receive Jesus as your Savior who will break those, that bondage, who will break that yoke and free you from that slavery. And then no matter what happens in life, you'll be free forevermore. A freedom that nobody can legislate against can take away from you in any form or fashion a freedom that you'll have that will be with you for all of eternity. It only comes from Jesus, and you have to choose to receive it. Would you choose today? Would you you choose Jesus today? Please bow your head and close your eyes. As we begin this time of invitation, which is a time of choosing, a time of decision. As we sing our invitation song, I want to ask that if you're here today and you want to be free, I want to ask. Pray right now and ask Jesus to come into your life. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and confess with your mouth that he is Lord right now. You will be saved. You will be set free. And you will be free indeed. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free would you choose today that freedom maybe today you're here and you're already saved you already know Christ been set free but you want to pray for somebody that you're concerned doesn't know Christ and hasn't been set free from that bondage would you come and kneel and pray pray for them lift them up have a broken heart over people who who are lost who if they die today will slip into eternity into a devil's hell To some prayer, and I'm going to ask you to respond as God spoken to your heart and as you feel led by the Spirit of God. Father in heaven, our prayer would be that if anyone here today doesn't know Jesus, today would be the day of their salvation. They was, that they were seeking while they can be found. Choose and choose to follow after Him, deny themselves, and take up their cross. I pray, Father, this morning that those who know Christ already will be broken over the reality of the lostness of those around them that may be lost and we'll engage in earnest and fervent prayer for their salvation we praise you today and thank you so very much for the grace that has made possible for us and available to us our salvation and the freedom true freedom the real freedom that we have in Jesus we praise you for that and we bless your holy and precious name and again pray your will be done in our hearts in this room in our lives as it is in heaven we pray this all in Jesus precious name amen